Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. There's a type of blood cancer called follicular lymphoma. It develops when the body makes abnormal B lymphocytes. The B lymphocytes are white blood cells that fight infection. The lymphoma cells build up in lymph nodes. The median survival of patients with follicular lymphomas has historically been approximately 8 to 10 years. Joining us to talk about her experience with cannabis to fight this disease is Sue Doty of Michigan. Sue, very good of you to do this. Thanks very much. You're welcome. What health issues were you experiencing prior to your diagnosis? Um, my husband and I put a double white in on a piece of property, and I was having all kinds of hip problems. I had gone to a chiropractor. I had gone to my regular family doctor who thought I had a bladder infection and gave me some antibiotics, and that didn't help. So I found a different doctor and went to her, and she thought maybe I had a uh, fibroid cyst in one of my ovaries and sent me in for a ultrasound of that. No, not that. Not one of these doctors would give me a blood test until finally one day when I got up, when I stood up, I couldn't stand up. Every time I stood up, I like wanted to pass out. So Pat called 911 and rushed me to the hospital, and I didn't know what was going on. And finally, I vomited blood, and they said, oh, my goodness, you have a stomach bleed. So they fixed my stomach bleed and gave me some blood tests, and for the next three days gave me blood tests, and then came and told me, you have follicular lymphoma, and what that was was your lymph nodes pressing on your sciatic nerve. And that's what was causing all the pain that I felt. But above and beyond that, it had progressed to my hip bone, a few of my rib bones, um, a shoulder bone. I had follicular, the lymph nodes had grown around one of my main arteries, my pancreas, my liver, and they told me I needed to do chemotherapy as soon as possible or I would die. How did you react emotionally when they told you you had follicular cancer? I didn't believe them. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It's like a kick in the stomach. It's like, are you kidding? I just had hip pain. What do you mean? I have all this other stuff going on. I didn't have any stomach pain. I didn't have any signs of a stomach bleed or any other pain than that sciatic nerve pain that I had had. And, of course, I told them, I don't want to do chemotherapy. Chemotherapy is the last thing I want to do is put poison in my body. There's got to be another way. Isn't there anything else? Nope. Nothing else. Wow. So? Did you undergo chemo? Yes, I did. Six rounds of RCHOP, which... The first four just about killed me, put me back in the hospital every time they would give me a treatment. And then the last two, they lowered the dose and 
gave me two more treatments, and then I was done with the six rounds. And I think that my oncologist was seriously expecting me to die. I mean, he kept telling me that he was looking forward to giving me more chemotherapy, that within three to five years it would definitely come back. He was definitely going to treat it. And because I had chosen to do the chemotherapy, I had developed tumors in my lungs. And they were they were progressively getting bigger. Every cast and they did, they were getting bigger. And he was explaining to me that, oh, boy, this would be a better chemotherapy they would be able to give me for my lungs. And I wasn't for any more chemotherapy after that. That was, like, devastating to me. I was never going to do chemotherapy. I talked to my husband and said, you know what? If that's the case, I'd rather die. I would much rather die than do chemotherapy again. That That isn't an option for me. And in the meantime, he'd been doing a ton of research on the Internet and found a gentleman named Uncle Pete who said that cannabis oil can kill cancer cells or fight cancer or help with cancer. And he was having a Halloween party. I finished my last round of chemotherapy in June and met him in October. And what year was this? What year was this? That was in, I was diagnosed in 2012. Okay. And I met him in 2012. And like that night, he gave me my first dose of oil and told me, you know, you need to take a gram a day. Well, my husband and I had been growing for forever, so we did have enough marijuana to bring him a pound of marijuana and turn it into cannabis oil. So and I made, got started he, right away. He made it for you? Well, he showed us how, how to turn our it? cannabis into, into oil. Yeah. Neat. yeah. He's, he's a great guy. We had him on the show, actually. Yes. He was awesome. I mean, it's really scary, even though you watch Rick Simpson's video and you, you see how he does it. It's very intimidating to take one pound of your good bud and smush it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I totally get you. Yeah, especially for the first time that you're doing it. It's Right. What if I cook it too long? What if I ruin it? What if it's not good medicine when I'm done? What if so. I blow myself up? Well, that too, yeah. yeah. So I was thrilled silly that he was able to teach us how to make that first batch, and I got started right away, and I got up to a gram a day within three days. Wow. I was higher than a kite for those three days, but I was really, really sick. I mean, I weighed yes. like 103 pounds, and I couldn't keep hardly any food down, and, you know, had those tumors growing, and was not a, a healthy person by any means. And it took cannabis a, a while to help. You know, at first I felt a lot of pulling and tugging at a lot of the lymph node spots and, you know, a little pain in my shoulder blade where that bone cancer was. And, of course, at first you poop funny and all that happy stuff. But after a couple of weeks, then you start feeling a whole lot better. And I think at my six-month appointment, my tumors in my lungs are shrinking. At my year appointment... All of the tumors in my lungs were gone, and all of the lymph activity was gone. And at my two-year appointment, my blood work showed regular size white and red blood cells, which they told me I would never have. Now, your doctors must attribute the recovery to chemotherapy, right? No, I don't let them. Number one, I fired the first oncologist that I had that wouldn't tell me about chemo or cannabis. Once I learned about cannabis, I went back there and said, dude, 
I found this stuff. It's making me better. I want you to keep track of my scans. Look what it's doing. And he tried to attribute it to chemotherapy, but I wouldn't let him. I said, no way. They were getting bigger and bigger. You're a liar. So I fired him and found a different um, oncologist that he doesn't sign my medical marijuana card, but he's willing to work with me. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, that's the best I can hope for. <laughs> yeah. One of the interesting things you mentioned is that you could feel the cannabis working. We've talked to some people who, uh, particularly if they have cancer of the brain, could, could feel it fizzing. And I'm not sure whether you could oh, feel okay. it, But could you feel something at work within your body? Yes. Yes, I could. Yeah. Can you they describe that? Well, in my lymph nodes in my groin, it almost felt like a pulling or tugging, kind of. Okay. You know, it was kind of a dull, ache, kind of pull, tug kind of sensation. And in my bones, it was kind of kind of a throb, kind of a dull ache, too, I guess. Interesting. It wasn't terribly uncomfortable, but, yeah, up until then, I couldn't feel where that cancer was in my bones. Oh, and then once you started taking the oil, you could. Yeah, ah. which is really strange. Interesting, yeah. interesting. You know, I, you know that I've helped so many people around the world, and um, I've got to tell you that you are the first person I've talked to that got up to a gram in three days. Really? <laughs> that's that's like amazing. Did you do that all orally? Yes. Yep. Wow. After I after I learned about rectally, then I was doing it both ways. But yeah, I have a girlfriend that I just got up to a gram a day in five days. She was really sick though too. She had yeah. a breast removal and lung cancer and all kinds of other horrible things going on. From what I can tell with the people we help, the sicker you are, the quicker you can get up to a gram, gram a, day. a day. The better. It seems like it helps everything that's wrong before it goes to your head. Okay. That's how I think. Okay, yeah. I yeah. kind of envision it working like that. Yeah. But if you don't have a lot wrong, it'll go right to your head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sue, did you sleep a lot? Yes. Yes, I slept a real lot, okay. probably for the first two weeks. You know, a, yeah. a lot, a lot. Yep. So and do, I was okay with that. Do you recall what strain you used for your first batch of oil? And did you continue to use the same strain? Or did you use a variety of strains? And did you use a variety of strains to make one batch of oil? Or did you just kind of switch off? Well, that first year, all we grew was White Widow. You know, I had no idea right. I had cancer. I didn't know that was just what we grew. So that was all I used that first year until we grew more. And then, of course, I tried to add some CBD in and get higher THC plants. And now I make my own blend. Um, I still have problems with leg cramps and immune system issues. So I've got a northern hash plant that helps tremendously with my leg cramps because it's high in CBG. And... um you know, I, I make my own blends. Okay, so when you, begin you, with, I, when you say you make your own blends, do you say make a batch of oil out of this northern one and then make a batch of oil, for sake of argument, out of White Widow and then mix them together? Is that what you're talking yes. about? Okay. Okay. Yes. You know, we, we, make several, we grow several different types of marijuana, high CBD and high THC, and get all of them tested and then mix the ones that we'd like to make sure that you get a good blend. 
Sue, when you started this journey on cannabis, you were growing your own marijuana. For what purpose? To smoke? Just to smoke for recreational reasons. Yeah. And has, yep. has your attitude toward marijuana changed since you started taking the gram-a-day? Uh, what do you mean? You, I've never had a bad attitude towards marijuana. I've always thought that it was medicinal. Oh, you I have. I just didn't I... know how medicinal it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because even before I had cancer, I had problems with um, anxiety. So I knew that if I would smoke a little bit of marijuana, I was able to deal with my high anxiety. So I'd always known it was medicinal in some way. Just not to this extent. No, I had no idea I was that close to a cure. (laughs) So, Sue, when you started on the oil, did you, in your heart of hearts, did you think it would work? Did you think you would be this successful? I really didn't know. I had I had met some people that had had tumors completely disappear in real life and shook their hands. So I had real high hopes, real high hopes. High hopes yes, yeah. yes, real high hopes, which was more than the medical profession had ever given me. Just an incurable cancer that will continue to treat with horrible, horrible poisons. Yeah. Now, did so, you? Yeah. Sorry. Did you um, do anything besides the oil? Did you change your diet or uh, do meditation or anything like that? Oh, definitely. I changed my entire lifestyle. I mean, we eat all organic now, um, more fruits and vegetables, less meat, try to stay away from stress, try to exercise and get good sleep. Um, um, Definitely. It wasn't just the cannabis that I changed in my life for sure. Sue, when the doctors told you that you had follicular lymphoma and you underwent six chemo treatments and you didn't do any more, did they indicate to you that you were giving yourself a death sentence? Oh, yeah. There is no cure for that. They figured I probably would only have seven to ten years, even with all of their treatments. Right. What if you hadn't had um, the treatment at all? I don't know. Did I really get, don't know. They according, didn't give you... According, sorry. According to them, the lymph nodes would continue to grow until eventually the um, blood flow would be stopped. Mm-hmm. That's the way they explained it to me, that blood flow to my heart would be stopped. So from the scans that I saw, there was some business going on. <laughs> I mean... I, I saw the scans, but yeah, that was their that was their thing. Is if I didn't get any treatment at all, eventually the lymph nodes would grow big enough to stop the blood flow. And pinching on your sciatic nerve is painful as hell. Oh yeah, it was. Oh. <laughs> and why they couldn't find that with every all the funny stuff that they did is beyond me. Not like I say, not one of them did a blood test, and that was all they needed to do. Well, so because, at that point, because the more tests they do, the more money they get. Right. So why didn't they do all of them? Why didn't they do the blood work? That's why I don't understand. I, I really don't. But no, those first doctors, they didn't, they didn't look far enough, not far enough at all. Not that it would have mattered, but if they had looked way earlier when I very first started complaining about my back hurting, maybe then I wouldn't have had to have the chemo. 
So in the notes that you sent us, you said every time I lower my dose, which is from a gram a day to lower than that, my uh, lymph activity starts. Exactly what do you mean? Can you explain that? I can actually feel if if I drop drop my dose down below a gram and stay there for very long at all, I can feel those lymph nodes in my groin start pulling and chugging again. So I'm assuming that they're growing again. But when I take a gram a day and eat right and exercise and everything, I feel great. Mm-hmm. Are you taking that gram a day all at one time, or are you spreading that out over several doses? One-third of a gram three times. One third of a gram three, three times, times a day. Yeah. Yep. When did you stop getting yep. stop getting high from one gram a day? Oh, probably seven to ten days. Is that all? Before you Yeah, it didn't take very long. And now I don't feel I don't feel high at all. Wow, did you used to go to uh, Grateful Dead concerts? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I'm not a real big person. I mean, only five no. two, 117 pounds. So it's not like I'm a huge person that can, you know, put away a bunch. But yeah, I pretty much smoke anybody out of the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing about cannabis is that some people like yourself, who are small, five foot two, can take a lot, and some people who are six foot two can can get bombed on half of what you take. I've noticed that. It's quite incredible. I think it all has to do with your body chemistry and your makeup and your metabolism, maybe. Yeah. Does your husband take it as well? Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He um, takes infused coconut oil every day, and then every once in a while he'll do a, a higher dose. I know... Oh, he just said, I'm on a gram a day right now. No, is he? A couple times a year, he'll do a 60-gram dose just because. And how has it helped him? He's got um, degenerative disc disease, and so he's hoping to prevent his back from decaying anymore and hoping to prevent any cancers from growing in his body. The way I understand it is we all have cancer every single day. It's just a matter of whether or not your immune system is strong enough to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Sue, how many plants do you grow? For myself, I grow 12. 12. Yeah. Okay. Cat grows 12 for himself, and we have some patience. So for a gram a day, you'd have to grow six pounds to be able to take one gram a day for a whole year. Six pounds. So how many plants would that take? It depends on how good a grower you are. I've seen yeah. growers grow two and three pound plants. Yeah, I was just trying to get an idea for people who might be listening. Mm-hmm. Depends on how good of a grower, grower you are. Yeah. Do you always yeah. do you always grow just indica or indica dominant? No. We we grow both sativa and indica and blends. Like I said, this year we were working on the higher CBD because I've really had very little of that in any of the oils that we've grown so far. When you went to Uncle Pete's Halloween party and he offered you uh, some cannabis oil, you you took a gram. Uh, Was he surprised when you took that much? Yep. (laughs) What he was really surprised about is that I didn't fall down. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, so I think at that point he knew that I wasn't well. 
and then I needed, well, when I first went there, I didn't have any hair. I had a hanky on, and like I said, 97 pounds, and that came up there, be makes your hair fall out, and your fingernails fall off, and all kinds of wonderful things, so you don't look real healthy. Yeah, you probably don't feel real healthy either. Oh, no, no. So being high to me was actually a comfort. You know, I knew what that was, and that felt really good compared to that chemotherapy stuff. Yeah. Well, I know when yep. I uh, when I met you in Michigan a couple of years ago, you looked uh, pretty darn good, Sue. Yeah, I feel really good. I feel just as good now as I did then. I mean, my blood work still keeps coming back fantastic and still doing great, and the still doctors still keep hoping to give me more chemotherapy because <sighs> I have that incurable cancer. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and you, you know that that for every, uh, I'm sure you know this, that for every uh, chemotherapy prescription that they write, they get a uh, nice little kickback. Oh, yeah. Bigger boat, bigger bigger everything. That's what it's all about is, is profit. Literally, it's all about profit. And the more chemo they can administer, the more profit they make. Sue, when you undertook chemo after you were diagnosed with follicular lymphoma, did you do it because it was you you felt you had to do something and at that time uh, you hadn't met uh, Uncle Pete and he hasn't given you the, the cannabis oil? Did you do it just in order to try and survive until something else came along? I did it basically out of fear. Okay. Like I say, the doctors look you in the eye and they take you by the hand and they say, you do this or you die. I didn't want to die. I mean, I had grandkids and a husband and a life to live, and I was I was about to turn 50 years old. Okay, I wasn't even 50 yet. I still had a whole lot of life ahead of me. So, yeah, basically out of fear. Those doctors have quite a fear tactic. How many years have you been clear now, Sue? What's that? How many years have you been clear, cancer-free now? Five. The magic number. Good for you. Yep. Five years, yeah. Just waiting for my oncologist to fire me now because I'm not making him any money. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you. (laughs) Sue, do you talk talk to other uh, people who are in similar circumstances uh, that you were? Every day. Yep, I feel that's my mission in life, to share this information with anybody that's facing that kind of a diagnosis of any sort. I mean, the information needs to be out there. You have to be able to have a choice. I mean, you may choose chemotherapy. That may be your choice, but you need to know that that's not the only option where I wasn't given that choice. I have grasped at anything. What kind of response do you get when you talk to people? Pretty good. Um, I'm sure you see the same response I do. Some people actually have that euphoria where they try a little bit of oil and they would rather be dead than high. Okay. Everybody has choices to make in life, yeah. you know, and, and you just got to give them the choices that they're able to make. I just like to know that they're educated and, and have the available choices at their hands. You can't convince people to do something. They have to no. No, they have to do it themselves. No, I saw Uncle Pete out. I wanted to try this. This was something I wanted to try that I sought out and went after and tried and kind of jumped in feet first, wholehearted, and said, "We're doing this." So I think you got to start it with that approach. That this is what we're doing. 
How do your kids feel about what you're doing, Sue? I have three kids, and out of the three, two are for it, and one is absolutely adamantly against it. Even though it saved your life? Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yep. That particular one is an alcoholic, though, too, so... You know, there's a couple brain cells that aren't firing quite right. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah, it's yeah. it's an interesting thing. You can take pharmaceuticals, and everyone's happy with that. But you want to take cannabis, which is just a plant that has been around for thousands of years, been around for millennia, uh, to help you. And then people are opposed to it. Yep. We do find that, too, that a lot of times people will want to get started and then one of their children will talk them out of it or one of their family members will talk them out of it. Mm-hmm. Or oh, no, On the other hand, too, we get a family member that will call and really, really, really wants their loved one to try it and, and they their won't. loved one will, they won't come and talk. Yeah. So I see both sides of that coin. It's, a, it's an interesting topic, this, because... Uh, I'm one of those people who, Corey will attest to this, who really didn't know anything about cannabis until I met Corey. And I always thought it was just for recreational purposes. But uh, the more I find out about it, I think it's more for medicinal purposes than it is for recreational purposes. I think so. I mean, I I had a spot of um, basal cell carcinoma on my arm that I went and I had diagnosed and the doctor was more than willing to have me come in the very next week and take a chunk out of my arm. Of course, he explained to me that even the size of a quarter would probably leave some sort of a pucker, and I'm like, holy cow. No, we aren't doing that. How about if I come back in about six weeks and let you check it? And I went back in about six weeks and he checked it and it was gone. That was because I went home and I put straight cannabis oil on it every single day for that six weeks. It was gone. So no pucker, no quarter-sized chunk out of my arm. How long did it take to disappear? Well, that was six weeks. I left it on there literally from the day I came home until the day I went back. Okay. Every time I took a shower, you know, changed the Band-Aid and put fresh oil on and nonstop. And what did it look like from the time you went in until you went back to the doctor? What was your skin like? Was there a little mark there? Uh, it started... It's, well, it started out, when I noticed it, it was years and years and years earlier, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and what it was is a red, flaky, itchy patch that would occasionally bleed, but it wouldn't heal right. Even when it would heal, it wouldn't heal right, and then it would scratch open and bleed again. So when I went in and they took a little scoop out, it was all kinds of angry and matte and red and about the size of a, mm, about the size of a pea. And they took a scoop out of the middle of it and came back, basal cell carcinoma. And like I say, I took a Band-Aid and put it on there every single day with straight cannabis oil on it. And I could tell after about three weeks that the skin was just pink, like brand-new baby skin. So my guess was about three weeks, and it was pretty well cleared up. But I wasn't about to take it off until after I went there and got a clean bill of health. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep that right on there just in case. So what did the doctor say when he saw it? Wow. And then ushered their little helper people right out of the room and didn't want to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Sue, I have a final question for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going, I have some seeds 
there's uh, an organization in Canada which is giving away one million uh, cannabis seeds based uh, on various seed companies are contributing. And uh, I've received some, gave Corey some, and I'm going to grow marijuana this summer. And I've never done it before. Give me some tips. Well, you got to talk to them every single day. You need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with each girl. Talking to her, checking her out, checking her bugs, watering her, making sure she's got enough sunlight. That's my tip. Give them lots and lots of love. God, it's like being on a date, isn't it? Kind of. You can name them if you want. It's always <laughs> fun to go out and talk to Alice. <laughs> now, is it easy to grow? They need lots of sunlight. We know that. But is it? are they easy to grow? What about watering and things like that? I think they're easy to grow. Okay. I mean, they're basically a weed that's been growing on our planet for how many thousands of years? Yeah, they're right. And marijuana, for some reason, has this innate ability to thrive. Every single seed has within it its own energy and its own want to grow and thrive. So you've got that going for you. It already wants to thrive. You just got to give it the right environment and the right love. What kind of nutrients should he be giving it? Giving it 100% organic. If you plan on smoking it or eating it, you should give it just nothing but organic. Organic and love. I like that. And love. Lots, lots of love. Lots of they love. They thrive on love. <laughs> yep. We all thrive on love, don't we? Yeah, we do. You know, if you go out there and kind of pet her and talk to her a little bit and tell her she's pretty. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, Ian uh, just got married last week, and I don't know if whether uh, Lisa's going to be really happy with him out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, make sure she knows that you got some girlfriends and let her introduce her to him. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. That's right. So it's a, let her name him. Maybe that'll make her feel better. <laughs> that's right. That's that's a great idea. You know, for her name. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, you're lots of fun, and I'm glad that you're on the road to good health, and uh, all the best in the future. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you, Sue. Really appreciate it. All righty. Bye-bye. And that's it, another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.